WFO Cleveland listeners, we're so excited to be bringing you bonus content this week of our upcoming podcast that we're launching with our senior leader, Steve Witt. Look out for it because our channel is launching soon. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Steve Witt Podcast. Hello, Steve Witt here, and good to see you again. I hope you're having a great week. Hey, we're right here on the podcast talking about things that hopefully will impact your life. We love the Bible. We love the move of the Holy Spirit. We love that God speaks, and we spend our lives trying to hear, interpret, and know the way that God's wanting us to go. For his word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. Anyway, today I feel like I need to take a little side trip here, bunny trail. I've been speaking about the word of God, the power of the word of God, and that if you simply devote yourself to an honest reading and even studying and chewing and comprehending the word of God, your life will change. It's guaranteed in scripture said over and over again, that these things will happen. We find out that the Word of God is a a tool. It is a weapon that shapes your thinking. As you begin to move forward, you move what the Bible says from faith to faith, from strength to strength. There's an, an amazing ability to naturally progress in God, even somewhat effortlessly, As you study the Word of God, you studied the Word of God. A friend of mine and I were talking the other day how the Holy Holy Spirit moves in our lives. We read the Word of God. We get a framework for how to live. But when you look at that framework that's laid out in Scripture, I mean, the things that Jesus asked us to do feel very impossible most days. Love your enemies— I have a hard time loving my friends sometimes. <laughs> love my enemies? How am I going to do that? How can I love my neighbor as myself? I don't even know my neighbor. Well, that may be a first step. And so you look at the impossibilities. Someone asks for your your shirt, give them your jacket also. Go one mile, go the extra mile. I mean, it's always this extra effort. And if you do it in your own religious nobility, I mean, it's a nice thing to do, but you're going to get burnt out. But if you align yourself with the Word of God and you learn to fellowship with God's Holy Spirit, after all, He was sent as our helper. He is the helper. He he was sent by Jesus, the Father, and Jesus to help. Jesus ascended into heaven. He said, it's important that I go so the Holy Spirit can come. But we ignore the Holy Spirit all the time. We don't know that he talks, and we don't know that we should talk to him. But the Bible says over and over in Scripture, as the Holy Spirit says, as the Holy Spirit says, as the Spirit of Christ says, I mean, he speaks. We listen. The only way you will achieve what is laid out in Scripture, what is laid out by what Jesus tells us through his parables, his sermons, and so forth, is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit enables you to live righteously before God. You say, I can never give up that. I can never stop that. I, I've tried many times. I can't. Well, you've tried many times. Now, as you commune with the Holy Spirit, you're studying his word. 
He is retooling your very soul. Your soul begins to be attracted to the things that that will nourish you. I had an interesting experience recently. In March, March 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, we went uh, on a three-day fast as a church. We called it Million Little Miracles. And we ended with a Friday night service where we celebrated what God was doing. Anyway, those three days, I prayed about a number of things, and, you know, I, it was good. And I, But midway through it, I realized, you know, I think I can, I, can, I can do this. I think I can start limiting my eating. You know, I'm 65 years old. Over time, you add a little bit of a half a pound here, pound there, you know. You start off as a 130-pound uh, skinny little kid like me in your 20s. And you wake up in your uh, 60s uh, uh, pushing close to 190 pounds, 185, 186, depending on the when you get on the scale. And you're like, OMG, oh, my God, how did that happen? It happened a little piece at a time. So during this fast, I thought, what greater time than, than to, to attack something that I've been wanting to attack for a long time? And so I just started eating different. I got on a couple of apps. I learned some things about, you know, proper eating and stuff. I mean, I know a lot about it already. I've tried this many times before, but now I just said, Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, come. Be my helper. I want to get into my proper BMI. I want to be in the range. I wasn't in the range for my height. And I just, you know, and you say, well, who cares? This, you want to do spiritual things. Don't worry about your fleshly body. Well, no, I am worried about my fleshly body because actually it could cut my life short if I don't treat it right, if I don't treat it as the temple of the Lord. Who wants a big bloated temple? So I thought, you know what? Jesus, help me. Let your Holy Spirit come into my life and, and move me to have the will to accomplish what I know you want me to do. And sure enough, grace came. Grace came. You know, my life verse, I mentioned it a couple podcasts ago. It's the abundance of grace, the gift of righteousness. You will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So through that grace, I said, Holy Spirit, help me in this. He helped me. Well, so far I've lost 22 pounds. I'm down into the lower 160s. I'm going about 10 pounds lower. I'm pausing here for a short time to establish my rhythm. It's been five or six months now. So, you know, I didn't do it overnight. I took my time because I want to change a lifestyle. I don't want to just lose weight. I'm now in the range of the proper BMI that my doctor wants me to be in, and I'm getting down to my ideal weight. My ideal weight's about 7 to 10 pounds less than where I am now. Of course, I'm going to say the things everyone says. I've got more energy. I sleep better, all those things. Actually, I was sleeping pretty good before all this, probably because I was so doped up with sugar, I passed out every night. But anyway, I did sleep well. And, uh, but now I, I feel energy. I, of course, walk 40 miles a day or 40 miles. <laughs> I wish I did. I walk 40 minutes a day, every day, you know, and I walk at a fast speed. I get my heart rate up. Sometimes I have to go on a treadmill because I live in, live in this place called Cleveland, Ohio, where it does get cold in the wintertime. But I've changed my lifestyle. I eat different. I've got apps to help me. I'm moving on. What happened? What happened that didn't happen the past 20 years? I'm going to talk to you a little about this. This isn't a weight loss program, so, I mean, you can apply it that way if you want. But I wanted to divert a little bit away 
from what I've been talking about and just give a a one-session coaching session that may change your life. If you'll just tune in here for the next few minutes, I'm at, I'm at eight minutes right now, so about another 20 minutes. <clears throat> I may not even go that long. I wrote a book in 2019, actually 2018. They published it in 2019. Came out right before the pandemic, which is not good. <laughs> but anyway, it did. It was called Your Prophetic Life Map. And it's a guide to a God-crafted life. This has been my life story. Since I was a young child at 10 years old, I knew that God's hand was upon my life. I knew that he wanted me to go in a certain direction. I just didn't want to mess it up. I wanted to learn how to hear his voice, which I did. I wanted him to use all the great mystical treasures of heaven. The Bible says, eye is not seen, ear is not heard. It's not even entered in the heart of man, the things that God's prepared for those who love him. And you know what? Uh, I just started hearing. I started having dreams. I, I started seeing God everywhere. I started hearing God everywhere. And so over the decades, I developed a lifestyle of everyday expectation of hearing or seeing the, the divine attributes of God, even if they were only through nature, which, by the way, have been some of the most powerful ones. I developed this little thinking called, which I call soul nouns, people, places, and things. Who are your soul nouns? And I align myself with those soul nouns, N-O-U-N-S. Those soul nouns, the people that I need to be with, doesn't mean I ignore other people. It's just my core people. I want to be with people that I feel a soul connection, a spirit connection with through the Holy Spirit, those who energize my soul, those that are not afraid of speaking truth into my life, I surround myself with those people. I've got a bunch of them, actually, not just five. I'm married to one of them. They speak into my life. Sometimes I don't like it, but I know I need it. So those knowns, those people, places, there are places that I know I can go where my soul is restored. Psalm 23 talks about it. He makes me lie down. In green pastures, sometimes the Lord makes you discover a soul place. He makes you lie down. And right after it says, he restoreth my soul. So your soul gets restored by, by lying down in green pastures and being led by still waters. There is, and, and, in, and in my world, that involves land, terra, land, and water. Land and water. There's land and water that will restore your soul. Sometimes the Lord makes you lie down. Other times he leads you. Come on, come on, come this way. Come this way. I want to show you a place that will restore your soul. <clears throat> so there's places in God where he restores our soul. Most people never take time to find those places out. I encourage you, find your soul places. Visit them often. Make a soul place. Maybe on another podcast, we'll talk about how to discover or make a soul place, but Make a soul place. Vacation to your soul places. That's why I typically go to the beach. There's several places I love to go. Some of them are spiritual in the sense that spiritual activities are there. It's not because of natural beauty. There's other places I go because the beauty of the culture restores my soul. Florida is one of those. I love going to a place in St. Petersburg, Florida, where we've been going for over 40 years that restores my soul. I love going to Napa in California. 
that whole Napa Valley area. Uh, it's just uh, Yountville and Napa and all through there. It's just, uh, it's just beautiful. It reminds me of Italy and Central Coast of California. I love dearly too. California is a great place. But also I love, uh, I love Italy. And so I've been there four times. We plan on going there every year the rest of our lives. As long as we're healthy enough, strong enough, and rich enough to do it, <laughs> we're going to we have the money to do it. We're going to be able to, we're going to do it. We're going to go to those places. Why? It restores my soul. It is worth the investment. I was just talking to my oldest daughter a few minutes ago. She got me fired up. It's worth the investment sometimes to bring your future into the present. There are times you need to save money to go to a really nice restaurant because it changes your perspective. But don't go there just for the food. Go there for the experience. And as you're experiencing it, your, your life, your soul will be recalibrated. There's something about lying down in the green grass, which as sheep in Psalm 23, it's about food. And then beside the still waters, it's about food and drink. Do you realize that those first two verses are about him making you lie down and eat and leading you to where you can drink, where you eat and where you drink should be a place that restores your soul? Wow, that'll preach. I need to write that down. I think I'm going to. Wow, just talk among yourselves there while I uh, write this down. Psalm 23, first two verses are about eating and drinking. And your soul. Yeah, you eat and drink, and your soul is restored. So periodically, you need to invest a little bit in your soul atmosphere, maybe a little bit more expensive hotel sometime just to experience it. You're going into your future and saying, this is where I'm going to be. God's going to provide. God's going to allow me to experience beauty, beauty. Some beauty is absolutely free. Some of it costs. You can get absolute free beauty by walking in a park. Find your soul place. I have soul places locally, coffee shops. I've got places I go. i got places I walk. Fortunately, I live in a soul place now. I've created my own house to be a soul place. When I go home, I don't let anything interrupt it except the interruptions I love, family, friends, whatever. But I love it. I love my backyard. I believe God even has something greater for me. I'm believing for that. But right now, I'm happy. I'm happy with where I am. I'm happy with what we've created in that little quarter-acre pallet uh, on uh, in Brunswick, Ohio. You know, it's not a magnificent house, but it's a soul place. My office is there. When I go up there, I look out on a little pond in our backyard. It restores my soul. So people, places, and things. You got to find out what the things are. Those things can be things like proper meals and excellence in, uh, in what you do. It can be a hobby. It can be something that you do where you feel God refreshing and restoring you. Some people work on cars. Some people play with their cats. Some people have all these different things they do that brings restoration, brings peace, brings joy in their heart. Define those things. Work your life around it. And by the way, if you can create a job, create a business that surrounds those soul places, things, and people, more power to you. Just be careful because sometimes your dream can become a nightmare. And you may take something that's joyful as a hobby, but as a job, it's miserable. 
So be careful you don't ruin your soul place by making it your occupation. So you got to be very, very cautious and hear the voice of God. When I wrote my book, I was writing about crafting a life, though, like what I'm just talking about. If you go on Amazon, you can get it really cheap right now. Your Prophetic Life Map by Steve Witt, A Guide to a God-Crafted Life. Get it. Listen to it. Uh, read it, however you want to get it. Uh, apply it. Like, actually take it serious. Don't just listen to it. But there's lessons in there. If you get the book, there's questions at the end of every chapter that's going to guide you to your God-crafted destiny. I really believe everyone has a God-crafted destiny. The devil's got a destiny for you. He has schemes for you. But you got to ignore those schemes. You've got to rebuke those schemes. You've got to do certain things to align yourself, like it says in Psalm 1. You got to sit in the right place. You got to stand in the right place. You got to walk in the right place for you to receive the fullness of what God has for you. You try doing it on your own without the Holy Spirit, without the Word of God, it's a crapshoot. You're rolling the dice. You're, you're, uh, you're revealing your cards. You've got to tell. The enemy's going to read it. He's going to destroy your path because he's out there roaring, seeking whom he may devour. What you need is the power of the tribe and the lion of the tribe of Judah. Praise and worship and thanksgiving will roar into the heavens that I know what God's made me to be, and I will do that. For I was created uniquely by God. I've been made a new creation of God that I may do good works for him. That's what we're here for. We're to create good works because we are his created good work. Anyway, I was thinking about what's a fast way to tell you about my book. And I came up with this. I came up with um, three quick, easy steps. Easy is one, two, three. Three steps to fulfilling your promise. What I call in the book prophetic mapping. Actually, you know what I do with prophetic? I should teach on this sometime. When I get a prophetic word that I know is from God, and it really rings my bell, you know, I get a big post-it note. I'm talking about those that are two foot by three feet. I stick it on my wall. You can go to Office Max or Office Depot or whatever and get one of those, get a, a tablet of those, stick them on a room in your house, in your closet, your bedroom, stick it right up on the wall and write on it with Sharpies. And what I do is I map out the prophetic word. I, I write in bubbles all the various words. Then I stand back and look at it. I try to find out what's the core theme of the word. One big circle in the middle with the core theme. And I start connecting all these bubbles together with lines. In fact, I connect some together. I group some together that are, uh, that are of like understanding. And usually there's two or three themes in a prophetic word. I pull them together and I look at them. And I'm always thinking about future action because if I believe that it was a word from God by faith, I need to lean into it way before I ever see it. It's not by sight. It's by faith. You have to lean into something before you see it. You dream something at first. <clears throat> you see it in your heart's mind. But the reality of it coming into this realm takes you leaning into it in faith. You cannot sit around and wait for God to do it. In my book, it's always a yes until it's a no. 
You begin to move on the yeses. Once you get a prophetic word and it rings your bell, you know this is God, immediately begin to lean into it. Doesn't mean you quit your job. Doesn't mean you divorce your wife or husband or whatever. Doesn't mean you leave your children because this is what God's called me to do. What it means is you start to pray into that. You start to focus on it. You look at it with your heart. You align yourself. There's something practically you can do that will prepare you for that word. You begin to do that. And you start to lean into the word. You map it out. You look at it. You observe it. Here's what happens. You begin to then discover and focus on what is the common thing that was spoken out of this word that you can seize right now on the journey. What's the first billboard on the road to your destiny? What's the first one that stands out saying, I can lean into this. I can see, what do you have faith for? Out of all the words that were spoken, it may say, you're going to the nations of the world. You're going to plant orphanages in Africa, whatever it might be. Well, you can do something crazy and buy a ticket to Africa excuse me, end up in the middle of a field somewhere and nothing happens. Or you can say, you know what, what can I begin to do now? I can adopt someone from an orphanage in Africa. I can begin to send some money to them. I can can demonstrate to heaven that I am leaning into this, believing this is the word of God. I can start to find out what do I need to go to Africa? How long would I stay there? You know, how am I going to touch the nations of the world? Who do I need to be with? What do I need to learn? Is there school that I need to go through to get training in those things? What will I take with me if I have nothing in me now? What do I need to bring into myself to make that happen? You say, man, you're taking these words awfully serious. Of course, if I believe they're words from God, why would I not respond to them in the way that it was a word from God? So you discover by mapping it, And then you focus, you focus, you make decisions, you turn aside. I I use that phrase because I love in scripture where Moses turns aside to the burning bush. He was busy with life. He had his sheep. He was running from the law. Pharaoh was after him. He had killed a man. He's hiding out in the backside of the desert and God's about to speak to him and he doesn't know it, but he sees something in the natural That's a burning bush that is not consumed. And the Bible says when he turns aside, the voice came out of the bush. Isn't that amazing? When you turn aside, a voice comes out of the bush. When you turn aside into this prophetic word, this value system, whatever it is that's been in your life, and if you have no prophetic words over your life, get get around some prophetic people and have them prophesy over you. Or read scripture and something's going to leap off the page and you're going to feel like that's the word of the Lord for me. When it is, write it down on one of those big post-it notes and begin to branch out as you see the Lord expanding on that word that you're confessing in your life. But what you got to do is you got to turn aside to it. You got to start aligning your, 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 your soul nouns, your people, your places and your thing. The people around you need to shift a little bit. The places you go and where you are may need to shift a little bit. Some of them may just be where your heart is. May not mean you need to move or anything like that. And the things that you do, a little less TV, a little less Netflix, a little less watching uh, Hallmark Channel or whatever it is, or reading books, or maybe overindulgence into uh, hobbies or 
or alcohol or addictions or what I mean, you've got to focus and say, my mind has to be focused on this. When you get your focus, aim small, hit small, miss small. I mean, when you aim small, this is what I'm going for. You're going to miss small. You will definitely be in the vicinity. Vicinity. Aim at the at the at the stars, and maybe you'll hit the moon. But you're going to move forward toward the stars. So discover and focus. Secondly, focus and aim. Focus and aim. Target it. The Bible says that Jesus set his face resolutely toward. Jerusalem. So you've discovered and you've focused. You're now focused on an area. Now you're targeting. When you target, it means you're you're making decisions that are going to put your focus totally in a certain area. Doesn't mean there's not other areas around, but you're going with the 80-20 rule, the Pareto principle, 80-20 rule. I'm going to put 80% of my time and energy into this focus, my finances. I'm going to shift my focus toward that because I want to fulfill this dream that God has for me. When I was 10 years old, the Lord spoke to me about Australia. 10 years old. I mean, I had prophetic words that backed it up. What did I do? I mean, it's 10 years old. I can't go to Australia. Nobody's going to pay for me to go to Australia. I'm not allowed to go alone. I'm too young. So what did I do? I was forced to buy some books and get some books from the library, and I read about Australia. I learned about Australia. I learned about every part of Australia. I learned from Perth to Darwin, Darwin to Cairns, to, to the Gold Coast, to Sydney, to the beautiful town, the beautiful city of Melbourne, or Melbourne, Melbourne, as they said, Melbourne, Melbourne, uh, to, to one of my, the cities I love most, Adelaide like the wine capital of, of Australia, you know, just a stunning little place and learned about the, uh, you know, Aluru. And uh, I learned about the, oh, just so much, the Aboriginal people that were there and all the fun animals and everything else. I loved Australia. I mean, Australia to me was a cross between England and, uh, and uh, uh, California. You know, it was just the, the accent of... England and yet the topography of California. It was stunning, beautiful, you know, and, and I dreamed, it was a dream my heart. It was 28 years later after many multiple confirmations of prophetic words about Australia that sure enough, I was invited to go there, went there eight times and ministered all over Australia from Perth, all the cities I'd studied when I was 10 years old. Boom, 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 boom. Actually got offered a church in Adelaide. I, Adelaide, I didn't go there. But I mean, that's how deeply entrenched I was. When I got there, the Australian said, you're the most Australianized American we've ever met. You even get our jokes, you know. Well, it was because I'd already been there in my soul. It was my soul place. When I went there, I loved it. It was everything I dreamed it would be. It was a season. It was a time. It gave me great bragging rights. I made lifetime, lifetime friends there. I learned a lot more about the world. It expanded my world in a great way. So what did I do? I, When I was 10 years old, I targeted it. I set my face resolutely. It took 28 years before I set foot on the soil. But when I got there, it was rich. I remember standing in the a big uh, crowd around the area, a kangaroo uh, habitat, uh, and the kangaroos came jumping up to me, about 30 or 40 of them. is a little intimidating, actually. 30 or 40 kangaroos, some of them were pretty large, six feet tall, you know, 
taller than I am. They're staring at me. I just had kangaroo for lunch, so I was a little concerned. I hope they didn't smell my breath, you know. But anyway, the kangaroos are standing around me. I was living in a dream. I was living in something that was departed, imparted to me when I was 10 years old. My focus, my target, my leaning in. I actually tried to go there. At times on my own, nothing worked out. The Lord wanted to do it in his own way. So he paid for all eight trips. The Lord had people invite me to come over and speak. I saw the Holy Spirit moving great power through Catholic churches, Assembly of God churches. I mean, every kind of church you can think of. We saw magnificent things. I took teams over there. What a time it was. So you focus, you aim. It may take 28 years, but that eventually is going to pop. The third thing, these are three easy steps. You got to align yourself. You got to focus. You got to aim. And then you got to move from aim to movement. Faith moves you forward. Do not shrink back. There's always a reason to shrink back. In Hebrews 10, it talks about those. It says, do not shrink back. The Greek word there is hupostasis or something close to that. Early on when I first read that, the Lord said, this is the hupostolic. The, you know, you've heard of the apostolic. Well, the hupostolic are people that shrink back. Apostolic are those that are sent forward. Hoopostolic shrinks back. The Lord says, I take no pleasure in them. Oh, I don't want to do that. I want the Lord to have pleasure in me. He gets pleasure through faith. Faith is leaning forward. In Acts chapter, or I'm sorry, in Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews 10 ends with shrinking back. Hebrews 11 starts with, now faith is the substance of the things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. You need to step toward that and enter into it. Continue to have faith until it is fulfilled. Do not be the hoopistolic like the Israelites who get right up to the river of promise, the Jordan itself. They can see Canaan on the other side. But bad reports come back saying there's walled cities and there's giants in the land. They, they're, they're party poopers. They're, they're raining on your parade. They will rob every ounce of faith you have. What's wrong with you? Where has your faith gone? You move from strength to strength, from faith to faith, from hope to hope, from glory to glory. It is the life of a believer in Jesus Christ. Come on, suck it up and move forward. Do something that's extraordinary. The joy, the peace, the love, the righteousness that's on the other side of you stepping into the promises of God is unbelievable. It takes action. It takes action. You will live in your promises someday. I'm living in them right now, but here's the thing. I have multiple promised lands. There's promises that are beyond, it's deeper into the promised lands of God. I live in the place I want to live. I have the, the heart that I want to have. I'm with the people I love, our church. I love these people. They're amazing. They're not perfect. I'm not either. So I'm glad to be among people that are like me. It's a great church. It's not perfect, but it's, it's, it's got the stuff that I need. I don't understand at all people who just are flighty and go from place to place and kind of put it off on God. Let me tell you, it's just not the Lord. 
The Lord is not a tumbleweed. He is a tree planted by waters. He calls us to be planted. Get the church you need to go to and plant there. I just don't buy it. I know that God does. Lead. We're in a transient culture now. People hear from God. They move to other cities. Don't move to the other city because of an opportunity. Don't move to another place because God clearly spoke it to you and confirmed it substantial times so that you can go in confidence. And when the difficulties come in a new place, because regardless of where you go, you're still going to be with you. There's still going to be difficulty because a lot of the problems have, have, have stemmed out of you, out of your own soul. You'll still be there. Environment won't change that much. You're going to get into that place and you're going to go, oh, no, this place sucks too. Well, it's because you're there. You're there. Get healed up. Go to a place because God speaks, not because they're going to pay you $20,000 more. I've had opportunities all over the world. People ask me all the time, why do you live in Cleveland, Ohio? Because it's where God called me. And when he calls me somewhere else, I'll go. But actually, I've been here for uh, 30, uh, 34 of the past 40 years of my life, 44 years of my life. So he let me go for 10 years and he brought me back. Will I be here forever? I don't know. I It's fine with me if it does because I've, I've made a soul place out of it. I kind of like it. I like the rough and tumble rust belt of Cleveland, Ohio. If he invites me to move to, to Italy, will I go? If it's God, I'll be there in a New York minute. But I don't think that's the Lord right now. So I'm going to make the best of where I am. This is my place of faithfulness. And from it, I will bear fruit. Read Isaiah 61. It's your life story. He's anointed you for everything, and it's in Isaiah 61. Read through it, but you know what it ends up? It ends up with you being planted. You are the oaks of righteousness, and you will touch a legacy of generations for the power and the glory of the Lord because you were faithful to the vision that God gave you. Hey, Bethel Cleveland and other people are listening to this right now. Come on, let's get it together. There's yes till there's no, till there's a no. Move so he can steer you. Begin to move. Discover focus. Focus, aim, aim, move. It's easy as one, two, three. Discover focus, focus, aim, aim, and move. Get to the place God's called you. I love you all. You have a great day. I'll see you next week on my podcast. Hope you're enjoying this. Let us know. Visit us at stevewitt.com. Visit our social media pages, Steve Witt. Come to BethelCleveland.com. Come and visit us if you're local in Cleveland, Ohio. You need to come to some of the most extraordinary worship times, I think, on planet Earth. I'm just bragging right now, but hey, I can say that. We've got amazing worship leaders in a band. You will leave Transform from this prophetic church known as Bethel Cleveland. God bless. Have a great day.